Welcome back to another episode of the King's Pulse Podcast presented by the King's Herald. My name is Brendan Nunez. We're live on location in, we're not live actually, but we are on location in uh, in Las Vegas here with Chris Watkins and Franklin Cardicelli of Sacktown Sports 1140. What's going on, Changing fellas? the game. Yeah. How you doing, Frank? <laughs> uh, I'm good, man. Thanks for coming with us. Thanks for, for stowing away with us on our, our Vegas trip. We're happy to have you. It's been a lot of fun, honestly. It's been our first Vegas experience. I'm happy we got to do it together, us three. We, we are the guys who spend probably the most time together um, during the season, the, the three of us. So I'm happy we get to do it here in Las Vegas, man. Yeah, very excited. It's been a really fun weekend, uh, one of the more fun weekends I can remember having so you know thank thank you guys for for you know just being great no great, problem uh, wow great buddies yeah are you doing okay Chris I'm doing good <laughs> <laughs> I've had a few too many good and plenties on this trip yeah uh, yeah yeah <laughs> any anybody watching on YouTube I always forget to say this at the beginning of pods anybody watching on YouTube we are passing a mic between us here um, the Vegas setup is not the typical at home setup as as expected and totally good um shout out chris and frank for getting this whole whole setup working here for me but anybody watching on youtube will see us passing a mic between us just so as an fyi and if there's any uh any little bit of differences with the audios going on here but that is what we're dealing with um i think we're gonna should should we start with vegas stories i guess we were were talking a little bit about Vegas being a good time at the beginning here. Should we start with this? Sure. Why not? Because I do have it like an overtime ending type thing. Um, let's just start with like most random people that we've ran into. We're going to – we can – the Kings guys are obvious. Um, the Kings mm-hmm. players as of right now. But who are some of the most random people that we ran into or, or just names that, that stand out that we ran into here? Yeah, I've had my head on a swivel just about every single place we've gone. And so I feel like, you know, we've just, we've seen every like random instance that you could, we saw uh, Dwight Powell playing craps, I think. Mm -hmm. That was pretty random. Me and Brendan saw Eric Gordon uh, just casually walking through a casino. Uh, I think we we mentioned Alex Len walking in with his crew. That was super random. Uh, obviously, uh, my my like not a story, but my instance was we were we were walking out of the concourse um, on what was that Saturday? <laughs> was it Saturday? Yeah. And we we were, we were watching the the end of the uh, was it OKC Houston yes. game. Yeah, it was OKC. Houston. And I just felt this like presence behind me. Like I don't like people in my personal space. I mean, who really does, right? And this person was like literally like on my shoulder. And it was a tall person, and I was just like, what the hell do you want? Like, do you want to go around me? Do you want to get past me? What do you want? And before I could really see who the guy was, and again, again, credit to Chris for having his head on a swivel the whole time, I didn't get a good look at him. And he turned and walked away with a couple of his crew as well. And Chris looks at me and says... That was a pizza guy. No, I was like, uh, dude, that was Ben Macklemore. Like Ben Macklemore was just like casually over your shoulder, just swarming you. What, what do you want? It was it, so weird. It was Ben Macklemore. So it's just stuff like that. Obviously, we we said on our, our podcast, we just recorded like what fifteen minutes ago, ten minutes ago. Uh, our welcome to Vegas moment was sitting on courtside for King's Magic, and who comes and sits right in front of us? Well, two people come and sit right in front of us. One, the first person we see is well, L.A. Clippers owner Steve Ballmer. Billionaire. Who is there for whatever reason. And then the logo himself, Jerry West. Yeah. Insane. To me, like, yeah, sitting next, I'm a huge, like, 
I really enjoy basketball history. And like sitting next to Jerry West was, it was out of body. Like it was absolutely insane. I mean, that fool obviously, obviously got a rough cut in, uh, in HBO's winning time, (laughs) but that dude is, I mean, he's the logo obviously, which, which speaks volume in itself. But I mean, he is, he's like the, not originator of basketball, obviously George Mikan was huge before him, but he was like the first massive, massive star in the NBA. And, um, obviously the NBA wasn't nearly what it was today, but, uh, Jerry was, the the man played with Wilt Chamberlain, like (laughs) literally the man was, was, was maybe the best player, second best player with Wilt Chamberlain. Like the amount of history that that entails. And, you know, obviously winning time goes through the amount of influence he's had with those Laker teams. Obviously the, the Warriors uh, credit a lot of their picks and success to Jerry West. Um, Just, just an insane moment of my life. It was one of those things I didn't quite realize how crazy it was until you kept saying how crazy it was, (laughs) you know? Like, yeah. Yeah, it, it was definitely uh, definitely a wild experience. And then after we walked through the tunnel. And Wait, we were in the video. We were in the video. There <laughs> is a video on that. NBA TV that they're shooting They're shooting Jerry West, um, asking him apparently who his favorite player is of all time, I think we is what no the video idea. was. The question no. literally could have been like, what's the saddest moment of yeah, your life? Yeah, yeah. Of your, of your life. life. We <laughs> knew we were in the back of this video, Chris and I, so we'd start pointing at random shit and, and acting like we're really having a great time and saying the funniest things and... It, it was great that we got comments on Twitter of what were you guys laughing at and what was your response ourselves in Literally, the future. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so it, it was a, there's a whole lot of random experiences can, in Vegas. Can I say great. you guys were on TV like, and I, not that it's about <laughs> me, you know, you can but barely be out of picture. I was next to you guys in every instance. And the one, the two things that stuck out were, uh, there was like a, a picture on Twitter of you guys are in the background on, on the Pacers game at, at Cox Pavilion. And then the Jerry West thing. And I've had someone text me, like, I saw you, but I've never seen an image. Because every single time I watch a highlight of those games, I see Chris and Brendan's domes <laughs> in clear view of the camera. And there's the, the basket, the, just the, the NBA Summer League logo, and no Frank. But you know what? Not about me. Team player. Happy for you guys. Stoked for both of you. You really <laughs> so sound it. Really sound it. I sound like Matt really at the I sound it. like Matt at the casino the other night. What a transition. Jeez. Oh man. Um I forgot to mention at the beginning, by the way, that this is a back to back after your guys' pod. So shame on me for not already mentioning this. But the first majority portion where we actually talk about the players and their production and the things that are actually matter for basketball stuff um, was all on your guys' pod. So obviously, everybody check out Return of the Roar, Chris and Frankie. Um, and that was recorded right before this one. We can get into, I guess, the little uh, Brendan's best night of his life, my Vegas experience. Um, I wanted to say hi to Tyrese at the Indiana game, but everybody's going up to him, and I just like, I'm not trying to act like I'm somebody, you know? Like yeah, I don't, I don't way. know. Yeah, yeah, you know, Chris, I appreciate <laughs> it, man. Um, no, so I, I don't know. I just it, I didn't see a great moment to say what's up to Tyrese or anything in the Indiana game, and. Coincidentally, we ran into him a little bit later. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Yeah, go ahead, Frank. You gotta set it up. Uh, 
little, little, little background. We uh, we we have a nice dinner, nice sixty dollar burgers. It's Vegas, you know. It's, it's we're off. We're off to a forty dollar burgers, twenty dollar fries. We're off to a roar and start. And Brendan is a he's a newbie. He's he's a young guy. You know, Chris Chris and I are a couple years older than Brendan, and he this is his first Vegas experience. Never he's gambled in my life. Never been to a casino. Uh, so we we go out with it's us and our our friend Matt George, and we we go out and we're gonna try to have Brendan put down a couple bets. So. Matt and I don't have a great time. We we do not win. We decide to take a seat and let our our new friend have some beginner's luck. And boy, did he have some beginner's luck! What were you playing? You're playing talent and skill, Frank. I, I calculated all of those moves. Card counter, but yeah. he Brendan got to do. Brendan obviously does great on the blackjack table off the gates. Obviously, and Matt and I, Matt mostly is just completely discombobulated. Matt had a bad weekend. He was very upset that that Brendan automatically got the success he wanted. Uh, so Brendan just says, "Okay, let's go check out roulette." Brendan goes to roulette, more than doubles his money. Incredible! You double, no, more than doubled your money. More than doubled my money. More than doubled your money. Fifty percent, man. Hundred percent. So. As we're kind of just walking around, because Brendan just kept going. Brendan would keep, you know, if you, you know how to gamble. Brendan just kept going and going and going. And Chris, who is a anti-gambler. Notice how uh, when you said you and Matt lost money, I didn't bet any money because I don't like losing money. Because <laughs> losing money is dumb as hell. Can I curse on here? Yeah. Hell yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Uh, there that's was no it. point to that curse, though. Okay. No, no. Just can't I curse. You just had to get that one out. Yeah, yeah. Refreshing. Yeah, had to get that out. But Chris, the whole time, was behind Brendan. Just no, no. Just don't, yeah, don't, yeah. just don't. Yeah, yeah. Pull it out, bro. Pull it out. No, pull out. Pull just out, kept bro. saying pull out. This pull out game was so weak, bro. Inc- I was like- <laughs> Pause. And credit to you, Brendan. <laughs> credit, credit to you for not giving up. Because if you listen to Chris, <laughs> once, once I had my winnings, I was just only betting with my winnings. Um, I was very tempted to put it all on one color, all my last thing, and get out of there. But I restrained myself. And to Matt George's credit, Matt did predict <laughs> the exact number that, right before. you broke That broke Matt, by the way. It, it, it completely we, shattered. You, next time you have, have him on this podcast, you need to talk to him about that. Because he broke. He said it's going to be 13 black. And as the ball is going around, I didn't even – I was watching Matt's reaction. I wasn't watching the ball land. I just watched him go from just like looking to walking away and going, I just wasted – he's like, I, I said I wasted five years of luck on this idiot. Like just I can't believe I wasted five years of luck on something like that. Anyways, I, I didn't even know that he got the number right because I was just – I just put it on black. So I was just watching like, oh, yes, laying it on black. And I looked over. And I was like, whoa, what happened over here? You said – you said you, know, you said when the ball was going around, Matt said thir- uh, 13 and you said for Keegan King, Murray. For Keegan Murray. Ke- Keegan Murray's number 13. Like, and Keegan Murray was on your side, man. What number's Keon Ellis? I'm like, oh, put oh everything God. down tonight. Act like he did <laughs> 30, 34. 34. <laughs> Come on. You Paul know Pierce. Paul you, Pierce. You don't like have a Keon Ellis jersey. No, no, there. no. But we 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 uh we honestly finally say okay, you know what? You quit while you're ahead. You need to take your money out. I have we been saying we quit had to go for a while. <laughs> it's it's time to go. If it's, I would have stopped earlier when Chris told me to, I wouldn't have won any money. So it's it's time to go. So we go to cash out. We go to cash out, and again, credit to Chris for having his head on a swivel all day. Brendan and I we, we, we talked about. Did you see Ty? Didn't they get to see Ty? He was there for the Pacer game. It's end of the night. I think it's like after midnight or close to midnight at this point. It's pretty late for Frank. And who does Brendan see 
or Chris C. standing by himself by the cash out counter? Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah. The one and only. Yeah. I think I was uh, laughing and joking around and Chris was like, yo, get your shit together. No, I literally told you, you need to stop talking. Because, like, they were talking still about, like, Brendan winning. And I was like, I don't care about Brendan winning. Like, you guys, like, Brendan, stop talking to Matt about trying to talk him off the ledge. Like, look to your right. Mm -hmm. And they're sitting in... Bottom five outfit that I've seen all weekend. Bottom five outfit. You were (laughs) on his ass for this outfit, dude. The outfit was not that bad. It was really just his hat. I'm telling you, it was his hat. He had his hat like up and like to the side, and I was like, "What is?" He looked like he just lost money, but he did confirm that he just won money. So undisclosed amount of money. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So uh, no, it it, it was 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 just a really great 15 minutes. I mean, you went from uh, yeah pulling out money to. Winning, I think, three of five blackjack hands or so. You got two blackjacks also. Might have been two of four. Yeah. Oh, I didn't have that crazy of luck. It, I didn't think oh. it was that crazy. I was. It was insane that it just so happened to continue to roll on. But I mean, I you, you, you got two blackjacks, which is fairly lucky. You're so new and just so like, I want to go again. It's like Chris. Chris knows. I know. I don't gamble that much casinos because I suck. I don't either. I just have and, friends who lose a lot of money. Oh, for sure. Me too. But I think you. You don't really realize how lucky you got because not many people walk out of there with 150% gain, okay? I'd say yeah. there's a small percent of people who walk into a casino who go out with more than double their money. So bless you, son, mm. for having the greatest night in the greatest 20 minutes because yeah. that, uh, that is luck. Out of every casino and every corner of in every crevice of this city – Tyrese was right there. You were meant to say what's up to him. Yeah, so. yeah. We definitely didn't stalk him all the way to the hotel or, Absolute, or anything. Absolutely like that. not. No, no, no. That that I, I said that as a joke. It sounds like we were actually stalking him. We, we were not. We really weren't. Tyrese. No. Possibly factual. It was it was <laughs> but, very random. But kind of to get back on like to to the Vegas. That's what Vegas is like, though. We yeah. we walk. No matter where you walk, there was somebody. There was somebody everywhere. I can't. I think on our podcast we said we saw Dwight Powell playing craps. We mm-hmm. saw. Um, you mentioned Ben uh, Mclemore. A, a lot of Duke guys walk. Uh, we saw uh, Emil Jefferson walking down the casino. Alex Len. Alex Len. We saw a lot of people walking around. So um, it just was chance. It definitely was. Um, yeah, it was an interesting experience. I might go lose the money I made tonight. Um, Dude, or he, I'm we'll not. See I, will, I'm not we'll I will see not be there. Yet you're gonna be, I think you guys are both lying. We have an early to be we there. Have an early, we have an early flight tomorrow. You want to lose your money? You're gonna lose it by yeah. yourself. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. You're lose Maybe that Sean yourself. Cunningham will actually hang out with me one of these uh, nights. Yeah, there you go. Sean admitted it on on King's Beat. I love you, Sean. Um, <laughs> All right, let, let's get to the actual players and, I guess, basketball that we're technically here for. Um, we talked about a lot on the Return of the Roar pod that, that we just did, uh, your guys' segment on of the play of these guys. And, and obviously, they've been phenomenal. But if anybody wants to hear more like analysis and uh, how we felt about their play, definitely go check that one out. I wanted to ask you guys about the personality of these players, primarily Keegan Murray, Keon Ellis, Namias Keda, Nimi, whatever, um, and and Jordy Fernandez. Um, I'm going to have it as let, let's each drop one word that we think is the most representative of the personality of these players because we've been around them a lot, um, Vegas, Cal Classic as well here. And I, I think that they all have a little bit of a interesting personalities. Let's start with uh, 
the most obvious, and I didn't give you guys too much heads up on on the one word. You definitely didn't. No, but... which was somewhat intentional um, oh, that maybe I could have given you longer. I also didn't put that much time into it. I do, do admittedly have one written down for each person right here. <laughs> this guy. I wrote it down it, like right before we did That's this. Cheating. It is Sorry. cheating. Whatever. All right. Having the answer to a test before. I know. Okay. Keegan so Murray. Let's start with the highlight Keegan Murray. One word on his personality. His personality. On the personality. And that can show on the court, too. I'm, And you could take that in whatever direction you want. I'm going with monotone. Mm, I think we're all going to have a similar vibe here. He's I, so yeah. boring, dude, to mm. be honest. To be honest, which is fine. Mm. Which is fine. I think he treats media as like something that he has to do For sure. that's part of it. He snuck out after he, he hit one of the biggest shots in summer league history, this is as big as it gets, boys. Welcome um, to your Marvin Bagley moment. Yeah, you were so fucked up for that, it. dude. Stop Keegan it. hits the shot, and Chris instantly is like, "That's his Marvin Bagley Stop moment." It. And it's like, dude, dude, come on. Dropping that name on this podcast right now is uncalled for. Hey, man, I just call him how I see him. That's all I got to say. <sighs> the worst. Uh, my word would would be uh, stoic for sure. I mean, uh, I think I now I'm getting lost on which podcast we talked about, but we just talked about how Keegan. Uh, just shows little to no emotion, uh, never gets too high, never gets too low. He hits the game winner. He does celebrate for sure, but he's not acting like he just won an NBA championship or, uh, you know, just casually during the game. He plays good defense, ticky-tack fouls, call doesn't go his way, monotone, goes right to the next play, doesn't really show much emotion. And um, that's that's for sure a desired quality is is – Staying, you know, staying straightforward, understanding what it is that you're here for, and you know how many times do people, you know, we we went through Demarcus Cousins' years of too much emotion. People complain about Luka Doncic complaining too much about fouls. Not saying that Keegan Murray's the next Luka Doncic, but um, yeah, just just definitely the uh, the vibe from Keegan Murray is is a very quiet, stoic kind of guy. What is it? A gecko that blends in with like its environment? Like if you put a gecko, a, ch- a chameleon, a chameleon, put a chameleon. That can't be really my, off guard. My word is chameleon because he's a guy who just blends in. Like he just kind of meshes in with everyone and everything, and kind of you, you lose him within it all. And that's a good thing because the Kings have had a lot of personalities over the years, and I don't know if that's necessarily a fantastic thing. I mean, Marvin Bagley wasn't really a personality, but his daddy was. And then when you look at, sorry, the daddy thing, that's a little mean. Sorry, dad, uh, Marvin, dad, father, Marvin Dadley, uh, Marvin Dadley. Uh, no, but that wasn't great. Buddy Heal had a personality. And I think that was kind of a bad thing at the end, because I think one of the biggest issues last year was there were a couple of players didn't want to be here. Having a player come in like Keegan Murray, who is so cool and calm with everything and goes with the flow, seeing him on the floor not even get worked up over an accidental step out of bounds call or a bad pass. His face just remains the same. The, that big shot he took, uh, we were joking about how he, he didn't really show much of emotion. Or, or the one that really we joked about was, which I think we said on our podcast like an hour ago, the the chase down tap off someone's leg. And he just said, that's our ball. And just did like the Kawhi Leonard point. So that's kind of cool to me, having a guy that, that can blend in and just be a part of any situation in any team uh, team setting. And that's what the Kings need right now. They need a lot of guys that can fit with Sabonis and fit with Fox and aren't going to come in expecting to be the number one option and, and, and just kind of think they're going to take everything over. So to be clear, your word was your word was C- daddy. My word was daddy. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, da- dadly. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. 
Got it, got it, yeah. Just, just had to clarify. Yeah. Um, okay, so we went through Kean. Uh, Keegan. Stop, Kay. We Bro. Can we address this real quick? Address what? There's nothing to be addressed. What do you Who's, mean? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Dude, is your, your, we know who your favorite rookie is now. Who is it? Charge the Kane and ain't Keegan. Are, are we sure? I don't know. I'm trying to think of another rookie that starts with K, and I'm continuing. Keon Johnson, not rookies. Yeah. I love Keon Ellis. Like, Do I'm you want ashamed? Is that what we're doing right now? Huh? Are we? Are we on to Keon Ellis? Yeah, now? Keon Ellis, and my word is goat. I thought it was gonna be lover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, um, my word I think is disruptive. Okay, no, if we have to do personality. Wait, what? Oh, okay. No, because in, in a good we, way. Because we have in to a good do way. personality. Yeah. Um, I'm not looking at my notes for for the sake of you guys, just so you know. You I have absolutely a word should. somewhere written down there. Um, I'm gonna go with fearless because mm. Keon has no issues taking the shots that are in front of him. He, he's not somebody that's gonna call his own number or anything, and he could give a damn who it is that he's guarding, and he's he's gonna get um, all up. Uh, I'm really close to saying some wrong words here and trying to balance this. He's somebody that uh, is very good at pressuring the ball. And you guys need to chill. Very I'm good just at like, pressuring I'm trying to figure out ball. what you're trying what, what no, you think I, you're I heard you're that it was music. going the wrong way in my head, and I had to pivot, and I did a horrible Don't job. put this on us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going with fearless for, for Keon Ellis. I don't know. I'm not very good at the uh, like English writing, but uh, I think this is a conjunction. He, uh, my word is got that dog in him. <laughs> uh, and uh, that's that's how I feel about Keon. Uh, it's just he is fearless. He's ruthless. He is just an absolute terror defensively. Uh, it seems like he really. I think Jason asked him uh, in his interview today. Uh, with Keon, you know, is there anyone that you you've always imagined you're playing in the NBA? Who's that guy that you're you're thinking about guarding? And that when you when you dream of this, he's like, I honestly have never thought about that. And I just think he's he's out there and he's like, look, I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do and uh, I'm gonna do it well. And he's 100% got that dog in him. And it doesn't really matter who's across from him. He is going to going to get in you and make sure that you feel his presence. And uh, I mean, he he's just yeah, yeah, he's yeah. we heard it, Frank. We heard it. He is stuck <laughs> out. He is stuck out to be in a major it. way. Uh, I'm not afraid of he's, words. He's gonna do so. what? He's gonna get in you. He's gonna get in you. Oh, okay. He's gonna he's gonna make sure that you know he, you feel him. And uh, <laughs> my wording was almost he gets in your shorts. You know, like when you're when you're playing defense. No, we didn't have that. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? No, no, no. <laughs> okay. All right, yeah. Keon yeah, go Ellis. ahead. <laughs> Got that dog in him, fearless. You guys are off the rails today, man. Uh, I'm staying. Fuck. I'm staying in the bug Sorry. category. I'm gonna stay in the bug category, and my word is gnat, because you don't get a gnat that's like all over you, and you can't get it off, and it's like you're swatting at it because it's yeah. bothering you. He just bothers people, and you use the word disruptive, and that kind of is like what a gnat is. A gnat is disruptive. The ones that get in your ear and go like those things. Oh. I hate them, and I think the people that are being defended by Keon Ellis are going to hate him at every level. That could be the G League. It could be hopefully uh, down the line in the NBA if the Kings can form him into a rotation piece. Uh, but right now, 
and in the summer league, I've been very, very encouraged what I've seen of your your favorite player. So I hope uh, you know you're committing to this animal bit for the next. Oh, I will. I, I'm. I'm. I have a wide catalog of bugs and and er, things that are. I, well, I hate bugs, so like I just know a lot about them because I try to avoid them. But who likes bugs? If you like bugs, you're weird. Yeah, I know it's true. It's true. It's true. You but, can't like bugs. I'm sorry. No, Marvin Bagley likes bugs. What? What? No, I don't actually know that. Sources confirm. Yeah, sources can confirm. <laughs> can <laughs> confirm. <laughs> okay. Are we recording? Nami No, we're not recording anything. <laughs> By the way, we've had nothing to drink today. Yeah. No. What time is it? I can't even tell. Pretty early. It's 12.30. That's yeah. kind of insane. Yeah. I haven't even watched Robert Woodard yet today, so. Okay, you take, this, right. take the microphone from Nami Ishkeda. This one's tough because he his personality is he, – he's one of the people we talk to a little bit less, I think. Um I went with soft-spoken. Mm-hmm. It's really – I mean, maybe it's because when we're talking to him in Bro, the scrubs, you, you cannot hear you, him. This is, yeah, as somebody who uh, is filming the uh, the the scrums, Nemeas is an absolute nightmare. I, as someone who is seven feet tall, uh, you have his – I don't want to get his weight wrong. I don't want to insult him. 245 pounds. A large human being. Has a very deep voice. Is is kind of just like talking like this. He's like, kind of like Shaq. And Shaq like, has a soft voice too. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's kind of Shaq esque. Yeah. But like he just doesn't project, and so like he's just always like kind of whispering and like obviously we're in summer league and uh, you know there's not dedicated areas for press conferences and we're like separated by curtains and so you just you couldn't hear a single word he said in uh, in his interview. So soft spoken definitely works. Sorry, take your mic. My word is. Uh, it's kind of a cop-out because he's seven feet tall. Giraffe. But Hell gi- yes, an animal. But, gir- <laughs> but, but giraffes are graceful. And I feel like he he's becoming more graceful. No, he said he's, work- he's worked on his footwork. He's worked on his mobility. And I've seen it. I notice it. Just so you know, giraffes are not coordinated at all. <laughs> no, like, giraffes but, are literally like no, if you call someone a giraffe, it's like you stumble over your feet. When they walk, they're like they they're they're like graceful. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone has ever like called giraffes graceful. Are they I feel gra- like they're, they're can we look up typically a video? not can, graceful. Can we look up a video of a giraffe walking? Nevi is not that graceful either for what it's worth. Just type in giraffe walking. Giraffe walking. And you guys tell me this is not graceful. Okay. That seems that that's 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 uh, we'll call it phenomenal. We'll call it a wash. We'll call it a wash. Look at the first video of draft. You know, for the sake of this, we'll call it for the video here. We'll just try to share this video of this giraffe walking. Shout out to Tim Maxwell. Oh, Tim should tell us if that. Yeah, I mean, it's a very. You don't even need to like be shown the video. It's just exactly what a giraffe looks like. There's nothing special. Yeah, I think. Let me think of a backup one then. Let's well, we go. Can, we can roll with giraffe because I actually don't think Nimi is like the most coordinated coordinated guy either. No, the coordination's not there. It definitely takes him a minute to stand. Back I, I see. I see him as a giraffe, but he's been he's been on the rim runs more. Like he's been on the lobs more. Yeah. That's yeah. that's like he's been kind of sliding through the air. Like yeah. I don't know. It seems more graceful to me. And I pictured a giraffe walking a little more. Uh, I've never seen a giraffe like really up close. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've been a Toys R Us though. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a giraffe, a gnat, and and what's the Chame- chameleon? A chameleon. Yeah, yeah. We got co- quite a squad going wow. on here. Jordy Fernandez is is the last one here. Um, head coach, head coach of the <laughs> head coach of the summer league team, uh, top assistant on Mike Brown's staff. I've really enjoyed interacting with uh, with Jordy. Mm-hmm. He seems like a little bit more new 
to media. You could tell he's being very, maybe not careful with his wording. Um, I, I do think so, but he's he's giving you a lot, mm-hmm. and he takes a second and, and kind of knows that this is getting transcribed and quoted yeah. everywhere. Um, I went with genuine. I, I think that he will tell you. You ask him about a player, he will unprovoked tell you the good and the bad say that you know I, I think that Nimi needs to be better on the glass or or dealing with physicality while also giving you like the areas that he's good I, I think that Jordy's very genuine and doesn't just give you like these BS PR answers yeah I was gonna say personable which is genuine pretty much it, it's just he I mean his first press conference when we went uh, to the Kings practice before they actually took off for summer league we got to watch the entire practice that really doesn't matter but in the uh, post game or post practice interview first thing Jordy does to every single media member comes daps every single one of us up uh when he answers questions it's a really small thing but he looks everybody in the eye uh he's not giving coach speak it seems like you know you did say he is calculated for sure that's going to come with the territory but uh he also does a really good job I think of of staying in the moment and uh I think <laughs> it was our buddy Matt George who asked him uh, at the end of the Orlando game like hey fans were booing you uh <laughs> when you decided to call that timeout like how did you feel about that whatever whatever and Jordy's just like is that what happened like I like, I, don't I really don't care like what happens is you get a timeout I called the timeout because I wanted to set up the the play like he wasn't you know trying to shelter his emotion or anything he was like I, I do not care. Like I just, I just don't. So I, I think he's very refreshing and, uh, and a very personable kind of guy. I have to do an animal again, don't I? Absolutely, yeah. you do. I'm very excited. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, an animal in the word, which kind of go hand in hand. I'm picking a bull, and I'm going bullish because I feel like he's a very like not imposing, but I feel like his his he has like that look. Like I feel like he's a guy that that mentality of he's not gonna take any. And he, I don't want to go mm-hmm. curse. Take, take any shit from anybody. Shit. Yeah. And I think Chris will overcurse for us. You can do it. You can do it for me. He doesn't want to take any shit. <laughs> the eye contact was very imposing. I don't like. I was it. doing like Jordy Fernandez eye contact, bro. No, he he looks into your soul when he's talking to you. Yeah. Does the bowl reference have anything to do with him being Spanish? No, Whoa. no, okay. no. Just Sorry, I don't mean to call you out. No, like, that's not an issue. It's because they like... they charge people and they they run people over. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, fair enough. You're trying to get me in trouble or no, something? No, that doesn't get you in trouble. It's just the reality of it. Yeah. It's just the reality of it. Matadors and Spain. Yeah. No, I just he doesn't take any crap from anybody, and he he's a guy that is mm-hmm. obviously people have talked about he's going to be on like some coaching probably shortlist in the next couple of years. For sure. So. I, I think that he interviewed for the New Orleans opening that Millie, that, uh, Millie okay. Green, uh, that Willie Green ended up getting. Maybe the, maybe he'll be coach of the Bulls. Ba- wow. Bullish. Wow. Yeah, look at that. Full circle. You heard it here first. July 2022. Called it Frankie. Franklin Cardicelli, insider. Frankie Ferrari Jr. Frankie Ferrari <laughs> Jr. Actually, I think he's I think I'm Frank old, Ford. I'm, I think I'm older than him, so never mind. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's yeah, he's got definitely got an old team. Okay, real quick, conversation on the backup point guard talk. Um you know, there was a there was a reporting, was it Mark Spears, I, I believe, that initially yeah. reported it. I think it was McManaman. McManaman initially okay. said um, just uh, Delhi, Delhi. And then. Right, because uh, courtside at the Orlando game, we saw Davion Mitchell, Chemezi Metu, Kevin Herter sitting alongside them was Quinn Cook. Terrence Davis was there, I believe. Yeah, he wasn't sitting next to – he was sitting next to Vivek mm-hmm. and uh, ownership. And then we also saw – I mentioned Quinn Cook. We saw Matthew Delavadova. And then I was like, <laughs> who is that guy next to them? 
And later, it said that Shabazz Muhammad is part of this group, and it's like, holy shit, that is a NBA. That's a player. Yeah. I forgot that he existed. Um, initial reactions to seeing that grouping, and I, and I'm going to throw Dennis Smith Jr. in there as well. Uh, we don't know if Dennis Smith Jr. is actually working out for the Kings. Those first three, Shabazz Muhammad, Quinn Cook, and Matthew Dellavedova, are confirmed. But it was said that uh, Dennis Smith Jr. is working out for a handful of teams. I forget exactly who it was that reported that, but that he's working out for a handful of teams in Vegas, and I think he fits the profile for for a team that really needs a third string point guard. So, mm-hmm. uh, just initial reaction to to that grouping, uh, Chris, and is there anybody that stands out among those names? Well, initial reaction was also your initial reaction, which is I thought it was a typo, and I thought uh, Shabazz Napier was the one that they intended to say worked out for the team, but Shabazz Muhammad is is a very Interesting name, not a name that I think I would ever expect to hear in NBA circles again. But uh, here we are. Um, I think it's an inter- it's it's a it's a very defined group of guys for sure. I mean, Delhi and uh, and uh, Quinn Cook are two very uh, very much set in what they are as NBA players. We know that neither of those two guys are going to really compete for any sort of starting job or, or significant role with the team. And, and what they would bring to the team is definitely obviously a third point guard, but more just someone who, who uh, in case of emergency, you don't necessarily have to bring up a completely inexperienced guy. Both of those guys have been in the NBA finals. Um, I think both have been multiple times in, in Delhi and, and Quinn cook Um but you know they, they've been through it all, and they they are just going to bring a steadying presence. There's not necessarily. It's kind of like with the summer league roster in general. It's just um, a bunch of guys who know their role and and aren't trying to do too much and be who they aren't. So um, I think it's a solid group of guys, and I don't really have any issue with them signing either of them, with the caveat that they don't have big roles. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it's. It's not really an earth-shattering decision. I I told you guys off pot. Obviously, I'm not a big Matthew Delvadova fan. I just don't know if he would... might be an understatement, Frank. Yeah, I just don't really see what the point is of bringing him in. But I do see positives to Quinn Cook. He's a guy who definitely can be a knockdown shooter on the perimeter. Uh, Shabazz Muhammad is someone who was a, a, a decent player, a rotation player at one point in his career. I mean, he doesn't really fit the mold of of. Uh, True backup. I don't think the King, I don't think he could come in and play twenty plus minutes per game. But that's what the Kings are looking for in a backup small forward. I think they're better suited to have Terrence Davis in that position. But um, and even Terrence Davis is is a guard, so like they really need to upgrade other ways. But if that's the roster they have right now, that's what I feel is better. But uh, if I had to make a, a pick out of those three, it'd be Quinn Cook. I think he's a guy that is a good locker room guy. People have loved him everywhere he's, he's gone. Two time champion. Obviously the the Mike Brown connection is there. So. We'll see what he can do. I mean, Brennan's pulling up his stats right now. I mean, he's a career 40% shooter from three. I mean, what more? The Kings need shooters, like we said, in third string. Because right now we talked about it. If if Davion Mitchell or De'Aaron Fox get hurt, the Kings have nothing. They, no, they, they brought up Justin Robinson last year. Yeah, what? Day Murky they brought up last year for spurts. Yeah, it really is because I get why people are like, oh, third string point guard isn't the thing that the Kings should be worrying about right now. Like, sure, there's there's bigger fish to fry, I guess, right? Like, there's no backup three on this roster. You can make an argument there's no threes on this roster. Mm. Um, but I think they do need a third string point guard, and there's nothing wrong with, like, checking that box because, like Frank is saying, like, it's a 
it's a breaking case of emergency type thing. If one of Fox or De'Aaron, or if one of De'Aaron Fox or Davion Mitchell go down, there's no point guards left on this roster. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that between these guys, it's not like any of them would be getting significant run in my mind. Um, it would just be in, in that sort of scenario. And I think Quinn Cook makes a lot of sense. I had forgotten that Quinn Cook was part of Stockton last year for mm-hmm. a, a good amount of time and averaged some absurd numbers during the time that he was there. Um, but he's, I guess, been in their program a little bit, even if it's not quite the same coaching staff so maybe that gives them a little bit of added intel he's also best friends with like all the stars for Mm -hmm. some freaking reason um yeah i I think that i like the you mentioned keon ellis having that dog in him i think the dog originated (laughs) in in yeah Um, yeah for sure did no no oh god um no so i like Delhi and Dennis Smith Jr. is interesting to me as well. Those guys just can't shoot. Yeah. And that's where the issue is. Actually, Delhi's a better three-point career, three-point shooter than I thought he was. I think he's about um, 34%, which is not what I had expected as I pull it up here. Uh, by the way, phenomenal nickname on basketball reference for Outback Jesus, Matthew yeah, Della Yeah, career 36% three-point shooter, but... I don't really know how to feel like the numbers are so up and down um, between all of these years. So if they feel like he's a capable shooter, I don't hate it. Um, Quinn Cook seems to fit the mold of, I mean, clearly they're prioritizing shooting this offseason. So I think he's the one that makes the most sense to me. And I'd be really intrigued with Dennis Smith Jr. too, because adding um, these young guys that also somehow still have more potential it has been a little bit of a theme as well with Malik Monk and Kevin Herter both being young. I think Herter's 22 and Monk is 24, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Dennis Smith Jr. is pretty young as well. So I could see that, but I, I think between all of them that I, I'm leaning Ma- um, Matthew Cook. I'm leading Quinn Cook. Matthew Cook. Yeah. And I kind of am curious about Matthew Delvadova just to watch just to watch how Frank would react. To me, the in, most interesting thing about Delvadova is his playmaking. Like, I don't think Quinn Cook, I think Quinn Cook, to Frank's point, is a shooter. I think if you bring him in, you're you're hoping that he brings you something offensively. Delhi, like Brendan mentioned, is the originator of having that dog in him. He's, he, I don't, I haven't seen Delhi defend recently. We haven't seen the X-rays. Yeah, we we have not <laughs> seen the chest X-rays, so I can't confirm if he still has that dog in him. But uh, th- it was a guy who obviously in the, in that NBA Finals against the Warriors gave it every single ounce of effort he had and um, you know was was an absolute dog on defense um, and that's something that clearly the Kings are, are looking for um, it's the reason why I think I could see them bringing in Delhi would be like I said the playmaking I think uh, they don't really have especially on their bench someone who is not that Delhi really even is a true point guard, but Quinn Cook couldn't necessarily run the offense. He would run the offense in the same way Davion does. Um, so maybe they just bring it in as a as a change of style kind of guy. You know, um, the Boston Celtics this year were a prime example of a team who really just needed somebody who could move the ball around the uh, around the court and create offense for other guys to uh, to take the pressure off. But um, I don't necessarily think that's an, a necessity for the team. So. If I were a betting man, which, as we stated, I am not, uh, I would I would probably put my money on Quinn Cook. Yeah, that's where I'm at, too. Um, Shabazz Muhammad just makes no sense, so I didn't talk about him much. I don't understand why he's part of this list. I genuinely thought, like, could this be a typo, and they meant Shabazz Napier because clearly they're looking at backup point guards, and then I guess Shabazz Muhammad's just part of this group. Shabazz Muhammad, the, the – Shade and Sharp following right in his footsteps over here. Um, 
All right, overtime segment. I, I used to do this more often, and I'd kind of faded away, but I, I want to get back around to doing this. Last thing before I we, we get uh, we get out of here and, and get headed over towards the stadium, I think, is the next plan here. Um, my overtime segment is not basketball-related. Well, not, not necessarily not basketball-related, but a little bit more about us as, as a way that people can get to know us a little bit more. And what my overtime question is, what would your jersey number be? If you were in the league, what is, what is your first number that you would request? It's in my Twitter name. And if they didn't have that number, what is your second? Give me a top three options. Okay. Um, three is like very important to me. My, I was born on July 3rd. I grew up loving Allen Iverson. Really? Uh, yeah. That was like the, fir- the first non-Kings jersey that I owned was Allen Iverson. Never would have expected. Yeah. I love AI. And uh, three grew up on three. So I my number, my jersey number in high school was three. And it's on my Twitter handle. I love it. Uh, so my number one option would be three. And if I don't have three, it'd be 33, just because. Larry Bird. Well, I like Larry Bird, too. But, like, I, hey, Mikey Moore on line one wants a word. Mikey Moore and uh, Hassan Whiteside's first time here. Um, so, no, it'd be three, 33, or nine. Because I wore nine in baseball because uh, I think an upperclassman took three from me. So wow. and, it's, and it's three threes. Yeah, call that guy out. Do you know my name still? I think, it's, I think it was... I th- no, I, I think it was my buddy uh, Boomer. Shout out Boomer, taking three. Yeah, fuck you, Boomer. Yeah, fuck you, Boomer. <laughs> Chris, fuck you, Boomer. <laughs> uh, Chris is having a great time. Shout out Wes Wilcox's kids listen to this podcast. So uh, shout out, shout, <laughs> shout out. I haven't dropping anything, so that's <laughs> Jonah. If you're listening, uh, I'm sorry. How old was he? Not old enough that's for for Chris. <laughs> He knows, but you know, they, they know what they're getting themselves into. You could probably into. put some beeps in. Uh, well, fuck, I could. man. I could. <laughs> <laughs> no, All right, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. I'm, I'm done with that. Uh, <laughs> cut that, cut that, cut that. Um, what would your number be, Chris? What's your first request? 25. Um, I don't really know what it is. Very Maybe honest. it was Barry Bonds. That might have started it for me, but it just seems like you know what is this is so weird and I actually this is actually the answer why uh, like in 2k obviously you can cycle through the numbers when you're picking your guy like aesthetically the two and the five like are the most universal like solid looking numbers for jerseys like you know sometimes people have like weird sevens and whatever and so <laughs> tw- 20 <laughs> whatever I swear to God so 25 to me was just like the most bland not bland but just most aesthetically neutral number for me when i when i would play video games so i guess that's why um 23 would probably be second just because obviously that's that's kind of a goaded number. that guy I'm, i got that dog in me so <laughs> uh you know ob- do i even need to go down the list of 23s uh ben mclemore um marcus thornton i think lou king wore 23 mm-hmm. um did DeMar DeRozan wear number 23? No. no. He was uh, I just know Chicago Bull 23. That I was just trying to figure that out. I'm trying to think who's wearing 23 on their summer league team right now, on the Kings summer league team right now. I think it's Matt. Isn't Matt Coleman wearing 23? I yeah. think so. Yeah. I think so. It was yeah. Norm Powell wore 23 for the Raptors. Right? Did he? Or 22. Might have been 22. Van Vliet's 23. I really can't think. answer that. But uh, anyways, 23 for obvious, obvious reasons. Um, and then... It's kind of a cop-out, which I tend to do, but um, my third would be either zero or number one. 
just because it just cool. seems like a raw number, you know. Okay. When I played volleyball in high school, I really wanted to have X as my number. You could just do that. X, but no. Okay. <laughs> you absolutely okay. could not. But I really wanted it to just be like, like X. Yes, I was like, I was trying to think what movie it was in, but uh, yeah, just to be X Factor. But uh, yeah, movie Zero. I've seen. A movie I have. Yeah, seen. boom. Yeah, With uh, Adam Sandler? <laughs> the Adam Sandler version, yeah. I assume. Yeah, yeah. You know, did you know the version? Yeah. Yes, but we won't get into that. There was an original version, yes. an original version, yeah. Yeah. Who's, who's the guy? It's uh, Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds, yes. Do you know who Burt Reynolds is? Must have heard the name. Yeah, for sure. For the name. Yeah. I don't think I've seen a Burt Reynolds movie, but. This person, please educate him. I mean, my lord. I also don't no, watch I'm movies, so the good funny. <laughs> I do want to say that me and Brendan do share an interest of not having interest in movies. Just like a huge gap in my knowledge. I am not the only one here. I think I'm taking you all of the shit. Of it's because people don't and, care about me. And there's a handful of people that come up to me and are like, dude, I've never seen any of the things that people are giving you a hard time for. I'm like, then fucking say something, asshole. Like, why am I alone here? Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't respect you. The Good and Plenty oh, was enough, but now it's um, – Yeah, yeah. You're going to have to listen to uh, Return of the Roar to hear our little Good and Plenty story. Mine – Yes. Mine is original – my first request would be number one. And it's because it's the first number I wore um, when I was playing basketball growing up. I, I don't think it's the number I wanted. Yes. Mm-hmm. So right after I yeah. got number one, I'm like, all right, who wore Who's number, number one? one? Yeah. And I got a T-Mac jersey right away. For Orlando sure. T-Mac jersey right away. And it's pretty du- – I mean, being number one is like, you know, it yeah. just looks cool. Yeah, it's, there's just something yeah. – something I, I don't want to be like the guy that's like, oh, yeah, I'm number one, you know. But I guess but that I am being that guy. Yeah. Anthony Edwards. Uh, but it is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Anthony Edwards? I think he's one, right? Anthony Edwards? Anthony Edwards? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Maybe I number don't five. Think so I don't think he's number one. Uh, number one. He's number one. Really? Jesus Christ, Chris. Get your shit together, man. I don't pay attention to these things as much as I used to. <laughs> you still don't even seem like you believe it no, right I now. Don't. <laughs> I don't. I'm trying to use information. Interesting. It's not, it's not you. What's, what's his name in uh, Hustle again? They gave him some uh, weird name. Um, uh, Bo Cruz and uh, it starts like with an F. Ferrari or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ferrari would be a great They one. really yeah. could have yeah. named him Ferrari. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so number one would be first for me. Next up would be nine. Oh, excuse me. Nine. Uh, Kings fans well, are Tyrese not going to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Kings, Kings fans are not going to like my reasoning. Uh, Rajon Rondo was maybe my favorite player growing People's, up. No, I shouldn't say strangely. People really liked Rondo's time here in San Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I had not I did not that. enjoy it, but I, lo- <laughs> I was not one of those people, but many I, did. I loved yeah. Rondo. I loved Rondo growing up. Big like Celtics Chris. guy growing up, as people know. Um, and I don't gravitate towards the stars, typically, so I ended up going hipster. with Rondo. Basketball yeah. hipster over yeah, here. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Damn, um, you are a basketball hipster. Yeah. Um, Jesus Christ, I might be. Yeah. Um, wow, yeah. I'm going to have to do some self-reflection <laughs> yeah. after this shit. Uh, my third one would be number five. Um, I had a friend that I was uh, that I was really close with that passed away in high school that wore number five. Um, and so that's, a, that's my solid reasoning there. And then he also picked it because of Baron Davis, and I grew up loving Baron Davis. Another guy we saw this we weekend. We saw a lot of Baron Davis, yeah. actually. Um, so, yeah, I think that uh, I, the We Believe Warriors were, I think, the team that initially made me fall in love with basketball. I liked basketball a lot, but my dad was a huge Warriors fan, and watching him yell at uh, the TV and, until the We Believe Warriors finally did something uh, 
Number five is going to be my last one. Number five, we also could have accepted John Salmons. We could have accepted Pooh Jetter. We could have accepted... Uh, That's a real person. Pooh Jetter. Pooh Jetter and Frankie Ferrari would be a great backcourt. <laughs> Frankie and Pooh. All memes. Someone named their kid Pooh. It's a, it's like, a nickname. His name's Eugene. Oh, oh, okay. I'll go by t- Pooh as well. Uh, yeah. What Really? You'd rather go by Pooh than Eugene? Absolutely. Ten times out of ten. How about Frank? Eugene's... What about Franklin? Terrible. What about Franklin? <laughs> Why? Any, any specific reason? Franklin is not a good name for a young person. In 30 years, it'll make sense for me. 20 years, it'll make sense for me. Not right now. I, I am not a fan of any like long, like full name. My Christopher. Chris. Yeah, like, Chris is Frank, good. Franklin, yeah, sure. Franklin might not be good, but Frank is fine. Frankie's fine. Brendanathan. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not a fan of that one. I, I guess, yeah. Brendanathan? No, yeah. Do we do we want to stick with that? Sure. Brendanathan? Can I call you Brendan? You just call me Thin. Well, wait, hold on. Maybe not. That's an actual word. And it's too descriptive. To have some more good and plenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta have a few. I don't need to call you that. All right. I think that's enough. Um, this is our Vegas rant. And again, first part of this with the actual analysis and not just us. And no. Cursing. Ranting a no shit person. ton. No yeah. Person. Yeah. Eugene, and this is definitely Eugene. for the one guy. <laughs> yeah. This is definitely for the one guy that always comments on the King's Beat podcast and says, you guys need to shut up about yourself for the first 10 minutes. And I think his wording was, um, was, um, chop, chop, talk shop or something like that, that we need to stop talking about ourselves so often. Maybe so just turn we spent off. a whole, yeah, you know, turn off there's, there's a fast forward button that I don't think he's found yet. So you know what's crazy about things you don't listen to and you don't like or you don't like you watch you don't like you could just just turn it's really off. wild yeah just turn and it so off. we just made a whole episode talking about ourselves because shout out to that guy <laughs> <laughs> um, all right that's gonna do it um, definitely check out the the Return of the Roar podcast with Chris Watkins Frank Cardicelli two of my best friends here um, I've never actually called them that and I don't know that I'll ever wow. call them that again but it's you know, it sounds better for radio here uh, <laughs> yeah. um, industry friends um, yeah so Sacktown Sports 1140 Sacktown Sports 1140 yeah. shout out there you go um, so check that out and, and of course take a look at the Kings Herald and all the great work going on there for myself and all the other guys and gals take a look at their Patreon to support local independent Kings coverage and if you enjoyed this episode of the Kings Pulse podcast please subscribe rate and review and you'll hear from us again in the next couple of days